So I'm going to first tell you about these little eggs. So we're going to read all of those chapters today. We're just going to sit here and read, okay? No? You guys don't want to do that? Okay. One person. No, we're not going to do that. You guys, I put those up there. If you guys want to know what the death and resurrection, where it is, each one of those um, men that wrote those, the Gospels, they have such an amazing perspective on it. So I kind of got my message. I was like, you know, I just want to tell them a story. You guys, I love telling stories. I love just being animated. But I got these cool eggs. I've had them for years. And they're called resurrection eggs. And as I'm looking through them, it basically tells your kids a story. You know, there's a stone in this one. Stone rolls away. Um, you know, just each one has something different. Um, the cup for the Last Supper. And it's just kind of neat. It tells the story in a way kids can understand. This one's my favorite. Nothing there because the tomb was empty. So I started thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, this is a great story and it has stuff for kids and they understand and they're excited about it because they're like, oh, I want to open the next egg. I mean, Layla's going to be 13 and she's still like, oh, Mom, the resurrection eggs. We got to do that. You know, so it's still fun. I still like to be like, oh, I wonder what's in, you know, orange or, um, and I'm 34. So, um, but I thought, how many of us, you know, we know the basics, Jesus, you know, He's God's son. You know, he died on the cross. He rose again. Heaven rejoice. You know, he took the keys. We're here. So I want to I tell the story in, in maybe the way I would, you know, if I wrote a gospel, this might be how I did it, okay? So if you want a fact, this is all facts, but the way they said it, you can, you can check there. I'm going to say it the way I would say it. So basically, you have Jesus. He comes in on a donkey. I mean, that's out of all the animals. You know, he rides in on a donkey on Palm Sunday because he knows what's going to happen. You know, and, and everybody's excited and, and for him. So the week goes on and he's at this house and this woman comes and she like pours like a ton of expensive oil over Jesus' head. Like enough to like, you know, take care of people for weeks. Okay, this is not like $10. We're talking like thousands of dollars worth of oil, okay? You know, sometimes when I spill a little bit of my pop or something that I bought and I'm like, oh, I already paid for that. Now I dumped it all over. You know what I mean? Like when you drop the last Hershey kiss on the ground after you've taken it out of the package and you're thinking, oh, what a waste. So she's doing this. And of course, you know, his disciples, these are his best friends. When they talk about being a teacher, he was their teacher. That doesn't mean like how we do. We go to school and, you know, our kids, we acted all crazy, right? You tried to get away with everything, you know, we tried to hide stuff from your teacher. They couldn't do that. When, when someone was your teacher, you went and you lived with them 24-7. These disciples were not just like, hey, see you. You don't really know my life. I'll hide it away. You know, I'm only with you a few hours a day. No. All day, every day, they traveled with him. They were with him. For three years, okay? So would you guys think that they would know know him a little bit, what he's about? He's been teaching him. So these guys get mad at this woman. They're like, oh my word, why are you letting her do this? What is wrong with you? Do you know how many people we could help with that, Jesus? You know, like Jesus wouldn't know. You know, he's only the savior of the world. But, you know, they had the gall to question him, like, I can't believe. And he's like, and Jesus looks at him like, do you not even know what this woman's doing? Have you even read the word of God? She is anointing my body for burial. And they're like, oh, snap. Ugh. 
you know. So then, of course, they don't, you never hear them, like, apologize, like, oh, yeah, we should have known that. Totally missed that Jesus. They just keep going on. So then they go to the Last Supper, you know. I saw a joke that said, table for 26, and they said, why? There's only 13 of you. He's like, yeah, but we all want to sit on the same side. Those of you who have seen the picture of the Last Supper, you know what I'm talking Okay. Um. <laughs> Got that one, didn't you? <laughs> so... They have the Last Supper, and they're all like, you know, Jesus washed their feet, and, and they're all sitting there. And he says, hey, you guys, we're, we're a good group of friends. And they're all like, yeah, Jesus, we love you. You're so great. You know, thanks for washing our feet. We love you. And he's like, well, just want to let you know, one of you guys, one of you guys sitting here at this table is going to betray me. You're going to hand me over to the enemy. And they're all like, no, we'd never do that. You know, he's been teaching you for three years that this was coming. There's 333 prophecies in the Old Testament about this, and they still are like, dunk, dunk, dunk. They, don't, they don't get it. So he's like, no, actually one of you are. And they're all like, oh, it wouldn't be me. You don't mean me, Jesus. And he's like, you know, one of you is going to, you know, hand me over. They're like, we love you. We love you so much. So then Jesus goes into the garden to pray because he knows what's about to happen. And he says, hey, Peter and the sons of Zebedee, which were um, James and John. Right? Did I get it right? Yay. Um, he said, can you guys come with me? I know this is my job, and I'm asking you just to keep watch. All I want you to do, just don't fall asleep. You have one job. Okay? Have you guys seen those Facebook, you had one job things? <laughs> you know? You have one job. All you have to do is just stay awake and watch for me. Can you do that? Yes, Jesus. And they're going, yes, Jesus. <laughs> so he goes in there. And he begins to talk to God. And Jesus is in, in, in a lot of agony to the point he's actually sweating blood. Literally. I mean, I've had some, like, stress sweat, and that's bad. I don't know if you've ever, you know, there's a difference. But he was sweating blood over this decision. You know, because he still had the decision. He was without sin. He could have said, you know what, never mind. These people, they're crazy. I mean, look at, already with the oil, they couldn't get it. You know, they're going to betray me. And he could have, at any point, just went back to be with his father. He had that choice. He was a human. He was man. And he's like, God, you know, he's basically pleading with God, is there any other way? If there is, like, the tiniest little, you know, opportunity that I could slip out and do it a different way, God, could you show me? But God's like, this is what I planned. There has to be the blood of the Lamb. And so he said, okay, God, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to because I love you and your great love for them, for us. So, and then he goes, he turns around, and what are these guys doing? Give you one guess. They sleeping. Yep. You know, so the Lord, instead of them keeping watch, he sends an angel to, to strengthen Jesus in that time. So Jesus was strengthened. So then, you know, they're, they're going out and... Who shows up? But Judas and his posse. And Judas, he was supposed to be Jesus's, be, you know, one of his best friends. And they came to him and said, hey, 30 pieces of silver, hand him over to us. And he's like, 30 pieces of silver? That's all the money I've ever had in my life. Woohoo! You know, he got excited. So he gets this posse and he says, hey, I'll show you who Jesus is. They're like, oh, show us, show us which one, you know. He said, I'm going to go greet him with a brotherly kiss. Okay, that's a pretty intimate friendship if that's how you're greeting each other, okay? 
That's not an acquaintance. So even right up to the moment he goes to hand Jesus over, he's like, hey, buddy, love you. You know what I mean? And so he greets him with this kiss and they seize Jesus. She needs you. (laughs) So they're going to go do their Easter egg hunt and she's going to help them. So it's going to be great. So, you know, they seize Jesus. And of course, you know, Peter, he didn't get it when, you know, the oil was poured over his head. He didn't get it at the Last Supper, but now he like takes a sword and he draws a sword and he goes and cuts off the ear of one of the guards. Plunk. Okay. He's like, well, fight for you, Jesus. You know, and Jesus is like, have you listened to anything in the last three years? Like, have you read the Pentateuch? Have you read any of the Old Testament? Have you read any of that? You know, we've been teaching over and over. And Jesus is looking at him like, and so Jesus goes, he like, pick up the ear. It's okay, let's get this. And he heals the guy and puts the ear back on. He's like, Peter, calm down, okay? That's not what we're doing. Let's follow the Father's plan, okay? So Peter, he's like, I love you so much. He's going to fight for Jesus, okay? He's like, calm down. So um, <laughs> that's one part I would love to see. <laughs> Punk. Ooh, put your ear back on. <laughs> and as the guards, I would be like, I ain't touching this man. He just put my ear back on. You guys can hand him over, but I know who he is because I ain't never seen anybody put an ear back on somebody before. So he's being, Jesus is being tried, and his disciples are there. And someone, you know, Peter, who was going to fight for Jesus just a short time ago, someone says, hey, don't you hang around with this guy? Peter's like, oh, I think I just have a familiar face. It must be somebody else. And they say someone else, I'm pretty sure I've seen you and Jesus hanging out by the lake. Uh, nope, nope, it's not me. You must just know me from the market, you know, whatever. And they keep, and then the third time, I'm pretty sure, weren't you with Jesus? I'm pretty sure that you were with him. I've seen you around. No, it wasn't me. So he denies his best friend. Going to cut off an ear, then you're going to deny your best friend. Okay, not quite getting this, Peter. So um, so Jesus even denied by the people that loved him. You know, and they give, they, he has to go before Pilate, which is basically like the judge. And during this time, the Passover, the festival, they are able to release one prisoner. And there's this Barabbas, and there's Jesus. And Barabbas was, I believe, a murderer. And um, Pilate's wife, she's pretty amazing. I kind of like her because she heard from the Lord in a dream. And she's like, Pilate, do not do this. This is the son. You know, they don't even believe, like the Jewish people believe. They don't even believe, you know, everything that um, Jesus was teaching. And she's like, do not touch this man. Like, seriously, this is the son of God. What they have said is true so Pilate's kind of he's up there and he's like hey what has he done and everyone's yelling crucify him crucify him and he's like he's like trying to reason with this crowd and this wasn't you guys this isn't the crowd that wanted to crucify him is not it wasn't strangers to him you know what I mean these are people that should have known God's word and so they're yelling, crucify. They release, you know, Pilate's like, fine, I have to do what the people ask because that is, that is the custom they had. So they release the prisoner and they take Jesus off to be crucified. You know, it starts up, the soldiers, they mocked him. They spat on him. They made a crown of thorns. And I don't mean like thorns, like the teeny little bushes, like we have like a raspberry bush thorn. We're talking thorns, okay? And they placed it, they didn't just set it on his head, like, is that okay? Is that poking you? That's not what it was like, okay? 
They, were, they, they, they put this crown of thorns on his head, and they began to chant in a sadistic, mocking voice, Oh, all hail, king of the Jews! And they struck him. They beat him with the cat and... Say him for me. Cat of nine tails. We think, we think when we hear the story, when we read it, that it's a whip. Oh, yeah, his back was broke up. A cat of nine tail literally had this metal stuff on the end. And when you whip someone, it would go around their body and rip pieces of their flesh from them. It wasn't just, a, you know, he went through that. And they forced him to carry this cross. You know, and he bore the sins of me, and he bore the sins of you, and he bore the sins of the world on his shoulders. He suffered all pain. He suffered all disease. And it says that he was unrecognizable as a man. You wouldn't even know that he was a human man because he became unrecognizable. You know? And they nailed him to the cross. When you talk about crucifixion, I think sometimes we're like, we sing about the cross and we're so, we're so excited what he did. But I don't, that, the word excruciating, do you know where that came from? Crucifixion. Because it was the most painful death that you could have. People don't realize on there, when you see, you guys have seen pictures of like Jesus on the cross. Um, in scripture, it said that no bone was of his would be broken. And when you, they put him on the cross, it actually dislocates your wrists and your, your elbows and your shoulders. And his arms were nine inches longer from that. And they put your legs up. You know how you always see the legs are bent for a reason. Because the weight of your body, you actually would have to push up on your feet to breathe each time. And so this crucifixion sometimes would last, would last, could last days. But something that we don't realize when it said that the men went around to break their legs, that Jesus was already gone, why do you think they did that? Because if they, they couldn't breathe. So if they saw that the pain was too much, they began to go around and break their legs, so then they just would die of asphyxiation. See, there's so many things that we don't even realize in there. We're just like, oh, yeah, he died on the cross. No, he went through agonizing pain on the cross all day. This started at 9 o'clock in the morning. And there was, two, um, there was two criminals, one on each side. And I couldn't even believe the one criminal to that side. He is on this cross. He is going through pain. And he has the nerve to begin to mock Jesus. He mocks him. He joins in. He's like, oh, if you were really the king, you could get us down from here. You ain't no king. You know, but the other criminal looks at Jesus and he's in pain and he realizes you are the Christ. And Jesus, in, he has such a kind heart because he has the heart of God. He looks at that man and he said, you don't even have time to do anything good in your life, but you're going to be with me in paradise pretty intense you know and you know at the end hours he cries out and he says my god my god why have you forsaken me we think that that part is the most excruciating part to jesus because he has been we don't know what it's like to really be without god even if we're not talking to him he's still thinking about us 
We don't know what it's like to be separate because Jesus already paid that. We don't even have that understanding to be separate from him. But God was silent to him. God wouldn't speak to him. He couldn't hear God. He didn't have fellowship with him at this moment because he had to leave the presence of the Lord to go down and get the keys that the devil had and rightfully had because of man's choices to come back and redeem us and become that Passover lamb that they would never again have to be bloodshed for our sins. And he cried out again at the 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So this is started at 9, this is 3 o'clock, and he gave up his spirit. At that exact moment, this is so cool. You've got to read these things. It is cool because when you, you read one, you think, I got this. But when you read it and you understand, there was something that I was like, I forgot about that. Because I get so used to Jesus is my, is my Savior that I just go around saying that and I live that way for so long that I forget what he really did and what God's plan really was. And at that moment, the temple curtain, and when I'm saying curtain, I'm not saying cloth like this. The curtain was this thick of cloth, okay? I don't even think a saw could saw through that, okay? This is a thick 18 inches, I believe it was, thick the curtain in the temple that hold, held the Ark of the Covenant. At the moment Jesus died, you know, the sky turned dark, and the curtain split in two from top to bottom. The earth began to shake. Rock split open, this is the greatest part, and the tombs broke open. The tombs, okay? And many holy people were raised to life that day. Hey, Moses, didn't think I'd see you again. John, look good with your head on again, you know? Those are things that I think I would, I, if I was standing there watching that, if I was a soldier, I would have been like, that is definitely the Christ. You know what I mean? If I saw that happen. So it wasn't just Jesus. When he died, they were, they were raised to life. You know, when the guards that were there, that were basically Satan's pawns um, to his scheme, saw this, they were terrified. And they realized what they had done at that moment. It was a little bit too late, right? Satan thought he was winning. He's like, ha ha, he's gone. You know, not realizing. Temple's going to be built in three days, and the temple ain't a building. Temple is my son, Jesus Christ. So they were terrified because they knew what they had done and that he was truly the son of God. You know, the disciples, they weren't there. Do you know that? They weren't there with Jesus on the cross. You know who was there? Jesus' mom. And on top of this, the humiliation. Do you guys know that they are stripped completely? So you have all these people. Not only physical pain, emotional pain. His mom stayed there the whole time. And Mary Magdalene, you know, who was a friend. Who was, who was Lazarus' sister. That's for you guys. She was there. And remember the, remember the guys who couldn't stay awake? You know, those brothers, their mom Salome was there too. So there was, there was some ladies there when Jesus died and soldiers. Thank God for women at times, right? You know, they weren't there, but these women were there and they stayed and they watched and they wept. And Jesus' body was taken down and wrapped in a linen. A rich man, a rich man came and asked for the body, basically. 
you know, very, very wealthy man. He's like, you know, I want to put him in the tomb. And they did. And they wrapped him in, in this linen, and, hand, and the guards handed him over. And the disciples, they're scared, you know, cutting off an ear they, a couple days before. And now they're scared. They think the same thing's going to happen. They don't know what's going on. They're in despair. They're hopeless. They didn't understand what Jesus had been teaching them day in and day out for three years. They didn't understand. They thought the temple was going to be a building that was going to, you know, a bomb was going to come in, destroy the building, and, there it was gonna, and they were going to rebuild that temple. They didn't understand that Jesus was the temple. So they're in this hopeless despair. They're hiding out. And on the third day, there was a violent earthquake. And an angel of the Lord appeared and rolled that stone away. This isn't a stone. This is like the size of the, the building stone. These are not just, you know, a little rock. These are huge stones. Okay? And the angel of the Lord rolled the stone away. And the soldiers that were guarding the tomb were so frightened. I love this part. Um, that they began to shake and became like dead men. I'm pretty sure they just passed out. They were so scared that they literally couldn't stand. I like to think that they maybe, you know, peed their pants. I don't know. Um, I like to add that in there. So, um, but, you know, they were so scared that literally they just passed out in fear, you know. But thankfully, while all the disciples were hiding out, a couple women showed up. And they said, he said in three days. We don't know if we're coming here. They didn't quite understand. They're like, we know this is happening. We don't know if his body's there or not, but we know he's doing something because he said in three days. Okay, so they went and they actually brought oil because they thought maybe we're going to have to, you know, you'd go and you'd anoint the body with oil. So they didn't know what happened. When they got there, they saw the tomb was empty and the stone was rolled away. They thought, oh my gosh, did someone steal Jesus' body? And the angel of the Lord came before them and said, Jesus Christ has risen. That is amazing. He has risen. You go to see, you know, those same women came and they said, you know what? We're not going to hide. We're going to go see. We're going to see what's going to happen on that third day. He said it. I believe it. It's going to happen. We don't know how because our brains can't figure that out, but he said it. We believe it. It's going to happen. And they showed up and they saw the angel. The angel of the Lord said, risen. They began to walk on. And who did they run into? But Jesus Christ himself with his new, you know, he basically, they didn't recognize him at first. And, you know, he said, he said, hey, Mary, go tell my guys. They're hiding out here. Go tell my guys that I'm, that I'm here and that I've risen. So, of course, she does, you know. And he appeared to them. And then he appeared numerous times before he ascended to be with the Father. But before he left, he gave us something amazing. See, when Jesus was here on earth, he could go and he could preach to the thousands. He could heal many, right? But he said, I'm going to give you something else. Because he could only be in one place at a time. He was a human. He was a man. He said, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, like God, can be omnipresent. It can be everywhere at all times. I'm going to give that to you so you don't have to wait for me to come heal. You don't have to have the power when I'm with you. You have the power. You have the ability. You have the anointing in you because the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's what I'm giving you. So it's better that I go to be with my Father and I give you this gift. So he gave them the Holy Spirit. And he says, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ, that he is Lord of Lords and that he died for our sin, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. So I was like, 
Woo, that can be amazing, amazing, amazing. So he goes to be the Father. And we have the Holy Spirit. So on the darkest day of, darkest day ever, not the darkest, Jesus' darkest day, the darkest day ever in humanity, God had a plan. In the most painful moments, he had a destiny. And on the third day, he had a victory. He sent Jesus to pay for our sins. And not only that, then he goes and he gives us the Holy Spirit as our helper. Because Jesus laid his life down and he saved us. We are God's plan for this time and for this generation. You are God's plan. You are God's plan for your family, for your neighborhood, for your town. It could be, you could be God's plan for your place of employment. You are God's plan. We're not just sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back. He's going to come back. But God has a plan between here and here. And we're it. That's why he did it the way he did it. We're his plan. You know Jesus? You're his plan then. Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in living you? You're part of the plan. Same Holy Spirit, same plan. You are part of the plan. This is, we should be excited. We get to introduce people to the king of kings and the lord of lords we get to show people the extravagant love jesus had for us we get to do that that's a pretty amazing plan jesus sits at the right hand of god and we're part of that plan he said they're going to be crazy they're going to be ear cutting off people getting mad about oil being spilt. You know, they're going to run and hide when they do something wrong. He said, but I still want them, still want them to be part of my plan. You're his plan. Jesus did his part. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Our plan is, what are we going to do? You've got to have a plan to walk it out. We get to show Jesus' extravagant love towards people in our life. We get to share our story. This is how I tell the story because it is so dear to me. When, I, when we were worshiping today, I'm just thinking, I didn't even, sometimes I don't even think about, I forget daily sometimes what Jesus really did for me. When I think of someone who did something nice for me or helped me through something, I think, oh man, I'm so indebted to them. And sometimes I forget you know, because I'm so busy doing church and I'm so busy doing this and that that I forget. No, this is really God's word. This is really what he went through. And I am part of that plan. Thank you, God, that I didn't have to be part of the cross. Because I don't think, when I read about that, don't, I mean, if when you really read, I read a thing that was like four pages long about what the crucifixion really is and I could I could barely stomach it. I thought I was going to vomit. And I'm like, thank you that I didn't have to be part of that. But God says, I still want you to be part of my plan. You're the plan for the person sitting next to you. You're the plan for the person at work.
Because you know what? There's just Christians and pre-Christians. That's what I believe. There's just people who already know Jesus and people who are waiting for you to show his extravagant love to them. And love is not shoving it down the throat. Showing love means action, doing something. So I'm going to pray. And we're just going to have a great day just celebrating what Jesus did for us on the cross.